What's up, guys? Welcome to this week's episode of A Whole Lot of BS Podcast presented by Revolution Sports Performance. Uh, we finish up today with part two with Brad Miller. Brad goes into uh, his injury history and, and what happened after his 30 home run season and how he's uh, been fighting back ever since and dealing with the business that is baseball and the emotions that go along with it and how he has to uh, battle just producing on the field and, and hoping that takes care of itself. So a lot of good things there. And then we also dive into some training history with him and, and what he does to get his body ready for the season, his off-season strength and conditioning program, and how he's really uh, taken ownership of that and figured out a lot of things for himself, uh, along with being humble enough and, and smart enough to seek experts' advice in that field as well. So looking forward to hearing that and hearing y'all's response from that. As always, we'd really appreciate it if you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Here is part two with Brad Miller. Okay, so I was mad. You dominate that year. I'm sure it was a ton of fun. 30 home runs. Not many guys could say that they have 30 home runs in a big league season. For sure. Um, so that's, I mean, that's awesome. And then next year, you, you know, kind of go back to struggling a little bit. So, we're, I mean, you you kind of have looking at your numbers, you can see the perfect roller coaster that is a, a baseball career. Um, of, you know, getting called up, having some success right off the bat then being established in the big leagues and knowing you're going to play a lot, just struggling, fighting through that, and then turning it around and then struggling again. So um, as you're going through this struggle, what's going on and, and how are you start, like where are you mentally and how do you try to get yourself out of it? Yeah. You know, and I think you bring up a good point. Like, I just think, you know, we see, we see Mike Trout and we're like, Oh, okay. Like that's what it looks like. Everybody just gets yeah. better and better and better every year, you know? And it's like, man, that sounds really good. Um, but even Jay Bruce would talk about it this past year. Cause you look at Jay Bruce's baseball card and it looks the same almost every year. And he said, he's like, if you put up the same numbers every year, you're actually getting better because you know, teams know you now, you know, there's expectations um, you know, this and that. So it's like, what, what Mike Trout's doing is ridiculous, but yeah. um, I think it just shows like, this is how actual players develop, right? They go through struggles, they come out of it. Now, some are, you know, more or less high, the highs might be higher. The lows might be, you know, not as low, but that's just kind of, like you said, it's what we go through as athletes and baseball players. And it's, you know, it's all part of it. Um, but yeah, 17 was, was, you know, another interesting one. Um, you know, obviously going into the season, I'm batting fourth behind Evan Longoria and it's awesome. And, you know, it's, uh, pitchers are pitching me differently and I feel good in the box. And, um, yeah. So fortunately end of April, I ended up, um, running down to first and getting hurt, you know, like felt like my groins kind of tweak and, you know, I'd never been on the DL before in the big leagues. So ended up rushing and coming back in like 10 days, not really, you know, the smartest move obviously, but I wanted to get out there and play. So I came back and played after 10 days on the DL and that was a dumb move. And my right hip just exploded on me. Like couldn't move. So I ended up playing one game off the DL and going back on the, on the DL, um, got cortisone shots in my hip, um, cortisone shots in my hip and, you know, Came back, I guess, four or five weeks later, not really knowing what was completely wrong with my hip, knowing I just needed to clearly, you know, whatever. So I came back and, you know, wanted to prove myself, wanted to help us and jump right in there and all that. And 
I just couldn't. I mean, I could barely move side to side, but I'm playing every day. I'm playing second base. And actually, I played a pretty good defensive second base. But, you know, I if you look at that year, it's kind of crazy. I walked a ton. Like, my walk rate was crazy elite. And I look back at it and it's like, well, I couldn't, like teams knew a little bit, you know, that I could do some damage, you know, so they weren't, you know, just pouring it in there. But also like I was missing a lot of pitches, you know, I, I, I was looking at my swing and I'm like, man, it looks the same, but like, it doesn't feel the same. Like, I feel like I'm on skates up there and I just feel like I didn't have anything under me. So anyway, end up finishing the year, obviously not very good offensive numbers, played good defense at second. But right after the year, I told our trainers, I'm like, hey, I need to go get checked out. Like, even if it's just mental, like, I need to go get checked out and get this behind me. And so I went to a doctor up in Philadelphia that does, like, all the core muscle surgeries and stuff because that was the area I was having, you know, problems with. And, you know, he told me, he's basically like, yeah, you ripped everything. Ripped two out of my three adductors on both sides off the bone. Um, Ripped my ab muscle, my rectus abdominis off the bone. So the next week he went in, tightened me. Oh, and he, and he told me I had a, a tear in my uh, uh, hip labrum, in my right labrum. So basically I just destroyed it and played all year on it, um, you know, because that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to play and I just wasn't very good and learned that lesson the hard way. So I had surgery, um, put together all the groins. I didn't fix the labrum because that was, you know, more – extensive that would have been you know a six seven month process so i just did the muscles and you know wanted to kind of fix that and see if it would help and kind of get it behind me um but yeah it was it was a tough year dealing with you know injury which i never really had dealt with luckily before Um, but then also you know when you go out and perform knowing you got to get the job done regardless uh yeah no for sure i mean that's i think it's if you don't know anything about anatomy uh to play with a torn abdominal muscle and torn uh, groin um for eight tenths of the season that's pretty that's pretty impressive a feat in itself whether you did put up numbers or not yeah and i didn't know like i mean obviously like i thought for sure there was something seriously wrong but you know some days were better than others and I kind of just didn't know if I was, you know, being soft and, and making an excuse or if I was, you know, legitimately hurt. So, um, you know, it kind of was a relief when, um, the doctor told me, Hey, like, no, like you have some stuff structurally wrong. We need to fix. And I was like, good. Cause like, I didn't feel like I was all there, you know? So it was, uh, it was definitely a learning experience to know, okay, like it's all right to, to speak up if something's wrong and, and take the necessary steps to, you know, get to the bottom of it. So 2018, 2019, you start bouncing around a little bit. Uh, so let's, I mean, just kind of talk about now the challenge is not only performing, but fighting really just for a job. Um, and, you know, more importantly, a big league job. Uh, and there's, you know, so, so limited positions uh, that, you know, as a utility guy, you're trying to you have the value of being able to do a lot of different things, but you also have to find a team that, that needs that. Uh, so, I mean, what's it what's it like when you're playing for a few different teams, bouncing around, trying to get your rhythm back? You're coming off injury. What what are you dealing with there? Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Compared to you know the first 
however many years, four years of my career, you know, obviously a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, a lot more change and change of scenery these past couple of years. Um, but yeah, you know, actually I got off to a great start in Tampa, um, last year, you know, I was, I was limited to just playing first base really just because of my hip, you know, I knew I, I knew at some point during the year, maybe in the off season, I was going to have to get my hips fixed, uh, because in spring training again, I had to get cortisone shots and, and play through it. Um, and you know, so I end up starting the year off at first and, and, you know, doing pretty well, you know, put up, you know, pretty good OPS, pretty good numbers. And Tampa, you know, decided they wanted to call up, uh, one of the younger guys and, um, ended up trading me, um, four days before I reached five years of service time, which, um, yeah. So at five years of service time, you lose all of your minor league options, which is the ability to send you to AAA. Um, so they traded me four days before that, even though I was, you know, performing well. Um, and Milwaukee ended up, you know, trading for me and then sending me right to AAA, which was like a real gut punch. And I did not expect that. Um, you know, and I was only there 10 days, which is the minimum you were there. And I was playing a new position. You know, they had me playing short, which I hadn't played in a year and a half. So, you know, I understand, you know, why they did it, but, um, but yeah, you know, still you look on the back of your baseball card and you're like, man, like I, you know, I was handling my business. Um, you know, it was just the the teams made business decisions. Um, but yeah, so I ended up getting the go to Milwaukee and, you know, I felt my hip obviously kind of given out from under me, but it was fun. I think when I joined them, we were the, had the best record in the national league. I was playing shortstop. I was batting lead off. It was exciting. It was fun, you know, getting to go to a new team for the first time in a couple of years. Um, so I loved it, you know, and obviously um, ended up, they ended up trading for Mike Moustakis and I got released and it was the best thing that happened to me because I was able to right away in August um, go and get my hip fixed. It was perfect. You know, I was going to probably have to do it anyway. Um, you know, like if I was still in Tampa and we were out of the race, I was probably going to have to get it taken care of anyway. Um, so it gave me like a little bit of a head start for, you know, the beginning of 19, um, to get that, get that fixed. And it was something I severely needed. So, um, I look back on it and I'm glad it kind of shook out the way it did. Yeah. One of those blessings in disguise, right? hundred percent. You know, the Milwaukee was awesome to me and I was cheering for them like crazy. They went to seven games um, in the, uh, NLCS against the Dodgers. Like I was pulling for those guys. It was a fun team, you know, and, and honestly, like, I don't even know if I could have finished off the year, you know, for them, just the way my, uh, my hip was, was trending. So you go into your, uh, age 29 year and you, um, coming off of a, a hip labor repair and you get a chance with the Dodgers, uh, in spring training. Yep. So, uh, you tear it up for the Dodgers um, and then did you, was that a situation where you could ask for a release depending? Yeah, exactly. I had a, I had an opt out at the end of spring. Um, if they didn't add me to the team. Um, yep. So that was, that was awesome. Being with the Dodgers was incredible. First class organization, you know, they told me how it was straight up and they were a hundred percent, you know, transparent and it was awesome. And they let me play. They got me where I needed to, to be to play with their, uh, you know, the training staff and everything. And, um, cause that was a hard transition, you know, first time being back in baseball activity, 
But um, yeah, it was awesome. And then end of spring, you know, none of their, none of their guys, you know, got hurt, um, you know, which is, you know, you never want that. You never want, you know, you want everybody to be healthy, but you know, they, they had told me, Hey, you know, if it doesn't work out here, you got to, got to test the market and uh, was able to latch on with the Indians like the next day. So ended up working out um, great. And I made, you know, was on the Indians for opening day. So you play with them for a while and then get released. Uh, and actually when you got released, you kind of outspoken about uh, your displeasure with being released. What made yeah. you want to say something and voice it? Because you, I mean, you're obviously a very intelligent guy. You seem very calculated. Mm-hmm. Obviously we, you know, we get emotional in our, in our careers, but um, w- why did you decide to go ahead and say something when usually players take the PC route in that situation? Yeah. Um, well, first, you know, they, they caught me literally coming out of the, the room, um, you know, when they, um, when they told me they were going to, you know, DFA me or whatever. Um, so they got me, you know, they got me right there. Um, you know, when I was at my biggest emotional state and, and the big thing you. with me is like, I, I look back at it, like what I said, you know, I, I, I believed and it was true and I don't like the trend in baseball, you know, teams doing that, yeah. but also yeah. like, I, I didn't want it to, the only regret I have is like, I didn't want it to be like a slight at any of my teammates. You know what I mean? Like, cause we're all in the same boat. We're all trying, um, you know, trying our best and trying to, you know, get the job done. But, you know, so I, I and I hope none of them take it that way. I know they knew me, you know, pretty well just in those couple weeks and it's been being around me, but, um, but yeah, it was definitely, you know, something I, I felt and something, you know, around the league, we're all, you know, seeing as, as trends with, you know, quite a bit of organizations, but, um, but yeah, you know, they caught me at a, at the time when you're probably going to say, yeah. you know, the most emotional things possible. We'll, uh, we'll get to the, the state. Of I got booed. It was kind of cool. Oh, you did? It was kind of cool though. I got, yeah. When we went back to Cleveland with Philly, I got booed. Um, my first couple of bats and hit two homers off them. And that was, pretty awesome. That's and awesome. you know, they didn't make the playoffs. So hate to see it. <laughs> uh, real quick side note. How good is Francisco Lindor? Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's incredible. Incredible. I could talk all day about him uh, and I, I didn't get to play with him, which, which stinks, uh, you know, he was hurt to start the year Okay, and he was begging them to get out there. You know, that's part of why I ended up in Cleveland. They had Lindor yeah. and Kipnis hurt to start the year. Um, you know, so it just worked out. They needed somebody to kind of fill a spot for a couple of weeks. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he's incredible. I mean, one of my favorite players and just all around, he's everything you'd want in a player. I heard another big leaguer say this off season, they think he might end up as the best shortstop of all time. I mean, yeah, he's just a pro's pro, like switch hitter power. Oh, you want a platinum glove? Like, yeah, you know, he's heady. He's a great teammate. You know, he's bilingual. He can really like, I, I just felt like he, he resonated with everybody in the clubhouse. Like he was awesome. I could feel that in, you know, three weeks I could feel that. Right. Right. Uh, well, it's good to see you finish up at a high note. We talked a little bit earlier. You said you got some things in the work for, uh, for this year. So, um, you know, I think it's, I think it's really cool to see where your career has gone. I know if you're writing a, a book yourself, you might've had a little bit different storyline uh, through some of it, but um, you know, I think it's, I think it's awesome the way that, uh, the way you carry yourself and, and again, like talking to you. And and I think one day when I, if you're in coaching or some type of player development, uh, I think you're going to be uh, a real attribute to some guys because of the situation you've gone through, even though they've been 
less than ideal sometimes. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, I really wouldn't change anything. You know what I mean? I just kind of go with the flow and, you know, just kind of take care of your own business, right? You know, work as hard as you can and prepare and go have fun and, and leave it all out there. And that's about it. You know, that's Jay Bruce was a big influence this past year. Like just getting to be around him, like how simple and like, he didn't overthink things. Right. He was like, I show up to the field every day. I prepare like crazy. You know, I put in my work and then I just go play the game. And then I go to bed and I sleep great because I just, you know, I did everything I could. And it's like, Oh, okay. Like that's not, that's pretty simple. Right. Like we can all do that. So, you know, the results come a lot easier said than done. Right. For sure. yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So I also think that, uh, your career has left you an interesting place in, uh, the training world. So when we talk strength conditioning and we've had some really good conversations about that, uh, you know, I think you do a great job where, you know, your body and you know, what works, but you're always looking to add and subtract to improve. Um, where I think a lot of guys see they're like, Oh no, this is what I've done since I'm 16. I'm gonna keep doing it. Or it's like a total overhaul every off season. So, you know, is that just experience? Is that you, do you feel like you have a better feel for your body than other guys? Do you feel like it's because of the injuries? Like how did, how did you get to be that way? Yeah, I think, I think it's a hundred percent from my experience, like just dealing with the last two and a half years have been, you know, all encompassing, you know, injuries. And you realize, Hey, if I can't, if I'm not physically able to play, then like, it doesn't matter, you know? So for me, I, I'm in an interesting part of my career where I, you know, I have my eyes set on 10 more years, you know? So I think when I look at that, like, that's my goal. That's what I want to do. So it's like, how do I do that? And the number one thing on the priority list for me is making sure my body is right. You know, I look at all the guys that play until they're 35, 36, 37, up, you know, close to 40. And they're all guys that, you know, take care of themselves. You know, I look like, I look at Alex Gordon. He's a guy who had the same hip surgery as me. Chase Utley had the same hip surgery as me. And both of those guys are, you know, incredibly hard workers. You know, they're, they're educated about their bodies. They understand, you know, about nutrition. Like they, they understand about all these things. And I just think that's why they're probably still able to, you know, Alex Gordon just signed again, you know, with back with the Royals. So it's like those guys, are the ones that I kind of, you know, want to emulate and kind of take ownership into my body and my career so I can play till, you know, I'm 40. So what would you tell yourself? I mean, you said like played every game in Clemson till you broke a finger. So obviously not, I mean, it's a kind of a freak incident there. Um, And then you weren't injured again until uh, you tore your groin and your ab in Tampa. Uh, so coming up, you obviously did something right, or do you think it was genetic, or do you think you just kind of figured out from an early stage that these things were very important? Um, I think I think I never really had muscles, honestly. You know, so like <laughs> I wasn't very strong, <laughs> but like you know, I, I worked hard and stuff like that. And I think I got to a point where I just maybe I wasn't as smart with my training and. You know, it sounds crazy now, like looking back on it, but like I I was never strong. So once I started to feel strong, like in 2014 and 15, like I loved that feeling. Right. And I kept gaining weight and gaining weight, thinking that like weight equals strength, which equals like what I need to be doing. Right. And and it was perfect in 2014 when I gained strength because I needed some. 
you know, but I was still running, you know, as good as I've ran. I still was still moving laterally as good as I, I could. But I think I just got to a point where I kept adding and adding and it got to be too much. And then, you know, I noticed my, you know, smaller muscles, my functional, you know, movements weren't as, you know, solid as they needed to be. So I just think it was like trial and error, but like, I just think I, I got really excited that I was feeling stronger and, and, you know, whatever. And I got up to like 215 ish pounds, you know, a couple of years in Tampa. And then I noticed, Oh, like my lateral movement is going down my, you know, I'm not feeling as comfortable running, you know, yeah, stuff like that. So it was good, a yeah. culmination of that stuff. So now I'm kind of, I'm reworking that stuff right now. I feel like I've got, you know, my legs back under me structurally. And now it's like, all right, I'm working on, you know, firing fast and moving quick and being stable when I run and all that stuff. Um, in addition to obviously always working on my strength, but more of a functional variety. So when you say gaining weight, do you mean just weight or are you saying you got a lot stronger and you were just physically adding weight because of the muscle mass? Yeah, no, I got, I, I was, you know, like I said, I've always been small and frail. So it was like, you know, I probably needed to be at like 205 to 200 and I just kept, you know, lifting and lifting and I was running too. So it was like, you know, when you're in your early twenties, you can kind of do some cool stuff as far as, you know, growth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it was, it was weight. I don't know how much of it was good weight or bad weight. It was just too much. I think, you know, like I noticed right when I went and got my hip surgery, you know, and you're not able to lift and your, your body kind of reverts back to its like normal weight. I was like 190 to 195, you know, and right now that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm between 195 and 200. And, you know, I feel as strong as ever. I feel put together more functional, obviously than I have in years. Um, so yeah, I think it's just trial and error and trying to know your body before you get to that point, I guess. Is that what the advice you would give to guys coming up as, as they look at their off season conditioning and strength and training programs? For sure. It's like, Hey, we're going to play baseball, right? So like, if you're a shortstop, what do you need to do? Well, from my experience, you know, a guy who was a shortstop and once my lateral moves started, you know, declining and I was hurt, like I wasn't able to play short anymore. So I would tell him, Hey, if you want to play short, you better be able to move really well all the time, you know? So, um, you know, and then I've noticed obviously like now at 195, I can still hit the ball, you know, just as far, if not farther than I did when I was 215, you know, it's yeah. just technique and learning how to use that weight and properly do it. So, yeah, I think, I think you just got to like find out what your goals are and what position you play and then apply them exactly to baseball, right? Like, cause training in the off season is fun, you know, guys can really get after it, but it's like, what's the, like, like the goal here is still to be like the best baseball player you can be. So, you know, finding a way to supplement, you know, your skills for baseball. Yeah, no, that's huge. It's something we really push to everything we do in the weight room. We want it to have a reason mm -hmm. of, of why we're doing it it's to help you on the field, not just become a weight room hero. So I think that's for it's sure. easy as, as guys, like you get the alpha male mentality and the testosterone pump and you're like, Oh, I just, you know, I look a lot better if I do this. And if you're an athlete, oh, that's sure. not, that's, can be very detrimental sometimes. So, uh, all right, well, let's finish up. I, I really love your uh, take on some of the uh, changes that are potentially happening in baseball. So I want to touch on you on that. Uh, 
you know, between pace of play and, and robot umps and uh, just hear your thoughts on those things. Yeah, I think uh, obviously, yeah, we, we hear it's talked about all the time. And um, the interesting thing, I was in Scranton this year a little bit in AAA and the pace of play stuff, like the clocks, like I remember when that first got brought up, like, like in a big league clubhouse, we were so against it. Hey, we don't want to mess anything up, whatever. But like, I didn't even really notice it. Like maybe cause I'm hyper and like, I, you know, and, and going quick anywhere, you know, anyway, like in the box and all that. But like, I didn't really even notice that. And I kind of liked it. It did keep, you know, the pace going a little bit, but you know, I understand, you know, the, the league's perspective, you know, wanting to shorten games to keep, um, you know, the next generation of viewers engaged and, and totally get that. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. They just keep, you know, chipping away a little bit out of a time at a time, you know? So I think with players, that's less and less of an issue now. I mean, we really don't even notice it. Um, there are some guys that take a little bit longer and I'm sure they'll fight back, but you know, now I think they said like some incredible pers- amount of uh, pitchers that are in the big leagues now have used the pitch clock at some point because they've come up, you know, so in three or four more years, everybody, yeah. you know, in the league maybe will have been, come up with the pitch clock or a majority. So, um, yeah, I, I, I totally have no issues with it. If, it, if, you know, the league thinks it's best for the, for the sport. Um, what about the, yeah, the as far arms, as like, what about the relief pitchers and the, and the, you know, minimum batters that they have to face now? And, and that's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was talking with some people about it the other day, cause it is interesting to see the takes, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I think relievers now are, are valued at, you know, being able to go longer anyway, you know, and I know the matchups are crazy and this and that, but I still think with the 26 man with the added position player, like the strategy aspect of baseball will still be intact because, you know, you can utilize now, you know, like in the national league, you're not scared about, um, you know, having to keep your, your position players stashed in case something happens, you got one, you know, kind of free bullet than, than you're, than you're used to, to having. So I think there will still be a great uh, strategic element and there's a lot of smart people in the game. They'll figure out ways to try to, you know, have a competitive advantage. Um, so that'll be interesting just to see like, you know, how that is utilized. Um, yeah. And the minimum, I mean, I think, you know, you look at it and, there are some specialists out there, but like those specialists also like they were baseball players growing up and I guarantee you they were all starters growing up. You know what I mean? Like they, they might even tell you, I, I don't know. Like I feel like a lot of guys get platoon from a position player standpoint, but all of those position players are like, Hey, I could hit off the lefty. I could hit off the righty. I don't care. You know what right, I mean? Like right. not something as players. Like we think, Oh, thank you. You know, he's getting me out against the lefty. It's like, no, I want to be in there. Like I want to face him. I don't care what he throws with, um, you know? So I don't know. It's going to be fun to see kind of how it all is used and shakes out. I'm sure teams will try it different ways and teams will, will copy and kind of hop on, but, uh, but yeah, it'll be fun. And the robot umps. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, they've been doing it a little bit like testing it in the fall league. And I think they're going to test it in another league in the minors this year. Apparently the technology has already gotten a lot better. Um, you know, because in theory it's pretty cool, right? Like we have this crazy technology, but obviously you saw in the fall league, it looked a little flawed, right? Like it looked yeah. pretty funky. We, we were laughing about that today. Yeah. We were laughing about that today. Somebody would take a pitch 
and think that they'd be good. And then the, the ump would bang them like two seconds later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, obviously that's not good. And like, you know, an umpire would be able to tell you a human one, he'd be probably be like, Hey, that's not a strike. But, um, you know, who knows? Like if they can work out the kinks and find a way to, you know, better the game, but keeping everybody involved, like, I think it'll be, it'll be interesting, but I mean, it's obviously, it's something I think the league wants to do. So it obviously sounds like it's coming, you know, and you know, cause if, if there are kinks, I think they'll work on it and they'll, you know, they'll improve it and it'll keep pushing forward. But it is crazy that that's where, you know, technology is at now. It's just interesting to think about the fact that like a catcher won't have to frame pitches. Yeah. You, could, you know, you could be like a defensive um, back back there and just swap balls out of the zone all day. And then, I mean, you have to throw guys out and you have to block, but uh, you know, it's just kind of like you're removing a skill from the game. Uh, yeah, but isn't a highly, in my opinion, it's a highly debated skill. I mean, teams use metrics and act, you know, and, Teams make, you know, they might stand by, beside it. There's just so much subjectivity there, right? Like, and there is with a lot of defensive metrics, but like, you know, I, I don't know. It could be what the umpires see in that game. It could be how nasty that pitcher is. Like, I remember Chris Ionetta told, you know, who, who's a catcher that's called forever. He, and like the first year these framing metrics came out, he was the worst in the league. And he's like got this reputation as a great receiver. And then the next year he said he just moved everything like dramatically back to the center of his body. And he was one of the top five framers in the league. So it's like, I I don't know that skill to me. I'm still a little fishy on it. Just like, you know, how there's a million defensive metrics and one says a guy is, you know, plus eight. And the other one says he's minus six, you know? So like for me, if the framing comes out of the game, like that's the low hanging fruit, I think like, you know, but you're right now, now, cause some guys have gotten paid for their quote unquote framing yeah. or whatever. And now it will basically be catchers that can throw and can block. Like that'll be the, the, the skills that are you know going to be valued. But yeah, um, I was, yeah, I'm just, I'm a little skeptical of the framing. I don't know enough about it. Obviously I just, I, I just, I don't know. I'm not buying it. Yeah, no, it's an interesting take. I I didn't look at it that way before. And I've been pretty opposed to ro- robot umps, but the thing that you uh, we talked about one time when you were in here about uh, how you're fine if someone is a little bit more uh, liberal uh, up and down in the strike zone as long as you don't mm-hmm. have to deal with in and out. Yep, exactly. And I yeah, thought that, that and- made a lot of sense to yeah. me, and that was something. It's like, okay, like this is a guy whose yeah. livelihood depends on it. And he's telling me yep. that this is way better for him. You know, yeah, it, it all, you hear, all you hear from all you hear from pitchers is, oh, well, that that curveball that clips the bottom of the zone and looks really bad. You're going to be so mad. And I'm like, well, how many of you actually do that? Like, I'm thinking of like a Clayton Kershaw curveball or like a Lance McCullers curveball. Like, yeah. no, like what I'm worried about is the 15 balls a game that get called off the corner to the plate. Like, if you throw it over the plate and it's a little higher, a little low, like at least it's over the plate and I can, you know, Physically like you still got to come over yeah. the plate. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Um, for me, you know, it's, and a lot of hitters, it's just, a, it's, it's the balls in and off, you know, and, and those not having to protect those would obviously be great for us <laughs> hitters. 
do you think we'll see minor league pay uh, change anytime soon? Um, I know there's one organization. I think the Blue Jays have yeah. kind of taken upon themselves to increase everybody. Um, yeah, and I don't, I don't know enough about. I, I think obviously it's a very political issue. They get it's, it's seasonal working te- technically, like all this stuff. Um, but I mean, obviously, I hope. For me, I just hope that like, cause there's some guys that at some point they have to, you know, stop playing because of, you know, financial issues. They have it's a family or money. they just, you yeah. know, exactly. So for me, like I want everybody to like, you know, be able to play as long as they want to, or, you know, the competition allows them to, but you know, if you have a guy that could be a big leaguer um, and he's, you know, I, I don't know. I just hope, obviously I want, you know, as much money for the players as possible in all aspects. Um, but yeah, hopefully more organizations in the meantime, before some of the systemic things are figured out, hopefully they, uh, you know, step up to the plate. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, we're going to switch back a little bit to, to playing it. And along with the, the technology that's going on with baseball, how do you personally mix all the new information that you can get along with just trying to keep it simple and, and work with your field that you're comfortable with. Yeah. I mean, I think as far as like scouting report wise, like I keep it pretty simple anyway. You know, I think the best information is like experience facing that picture. If you have it, um, if you don't, which obviously happens, I think talking to your teammates who have faced them or what they're seeing and really just paying attention to the game, like being up on the rail. Like I like doing that. Like I might watch some, some quick video we have there. If like a reliever comes in, but like, I like being up on the rail, seeing his tempo, seeing everything. I don't know. Like it's kind of old school and organic, but I think that can tell you a lot. Whereas like, you know, numbers on a, on a sheet could be misleading. And I just think there's so much information. I don't know how well we know how to use it yet. Um, but I hear that a lot. I feel you like, know, yeah, I mean, there's just everything and it's really cool. And the stuff I really like is, um, you know, like, like, I guess this would be my use of analytics. Like at the end of the year, our, um, where you guys, Sam fold, obviously played forever, you know, awesome player. Um, and he's, you know, part of our front office slash coaching staff with the Phillies. And, you know, I, I told him, I'm like, there's all this information, like, here's the deal. Like, and he was awesome because he's a player, he gets it. And he's also have, you know, had extensive um, experience in the front office. And basically I told him, I'm like, Hey, like coming off of this surgery, like how, how am I running and how does it compare to, you know, how I was running in my past? Okay. Well, it's a little down, it's trending down. Okay. Well now when I go to train in the off season, I want to get it back up. So next year, this year coming up, I'll be able to check and see that I'm back running how I should, you know, and I can feel it, you know, but I, you know, having that to prove it is huge, you know, cause I obviously yeah. want to be trending back up. Um, you know, I think when you're hitting, you know, you see the exit velocity, you know, in game and you see, Oh wow. Okay. Like that's where I was. I was able to max out on that ball and it was five miles an hour faster, you know, harder than it was three years ago. Like that's good. You know, using some of the raw data is pretty sweet. Um, and I think it can really apply, you know, he had all my heat maps and stuff like that. And it was a lot of the stuff I already knew. Um, but you know, it kind of gives you, you know, a little bit more confidence because you see it on the paper. Right. The, the affirmation that what you feel is actually true or for sure, vice versa. If there's something that you feel is true and then the numbers are completely against it, you know, that you might be a little bit off with your feel. Exactly. Maybe it'll like, uh, 
you know, expose something to you that you didn't realize. Like, think, Hey, like, I don't know if you've seen this pattern, but you're really good at hitting curveballs. And I'm like, huh? No, like, you know, stuff yeah. like that. I think that's a great summary of how to use the new technology and, and analytics in a nutshell. Um, yep. You know, just, just don't, it's not something you need to go overboard with. Um, and I think it's going to take people like Sam Fold who played baseball and understand the numbers to mold the two uh, to get the most out of it instead of it being just the old school yep. baseball minds or, um, you know, the, no the doubt. nerds that are just crushing numbers. I think that's going to be the number one trend in the next five, you know, 10 yeah. years in baseball totally. is um, they, all these teams have incredible analytics departments and an incredible amount of data and numbers and information. And now it's going to be finding the right communicators. And to that, you know, that's a skill, you know, it's a very special skill. It's something Gabe Kapler is really good at too. Um, you know, who is our manager who's now in San Fran. Like it's, it's a skill of, of taking all this information and, you know, putting it to use in a productive way for all the players. So that is going to be like, you know, a really big thing going forward. Cool. All right. Let's finish up with some rapid fire questions. Uh, favorite, right. favorite all-time movie. Uh, the departed. You big Leo guy or just, or Damon or just the, the uh, no, I just like that one. Yeah. The departed or like man on fire, like with Denzel. Yeah. Favorite book. Um, I actually am reading one right now. It's called the club. It's about, uh, the premier league soccer, how it all started. Um, and I'm like, I'm all about it. I mean, I've been crushing it. So that's definitely, I don't read many books. So this is number one. <laughs> favorite musical artist um probably the weekend i think um yeah i'm all about him he's he's incredible incredible talent more of a uh more of a new school guy there yeah i like r&b um i like you know people with good voices so yeah that's that's my guy what uh, advice would you give to any high school, college athletes? And this can be about any aspect of life or training or sports. I would say it was advice my dad gave me in high school. I would say it's like you all, you have to be like really good at, um, you know, self-analyzing, you know, like understand what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, you know, and then what you have to, you know, do to attack them and, and, you know, plan, I guess just planning out, you know, things based on your goals and, and, you know, looking in the mirror and, and coming up with a, with a game plan. How does someone go about improving self-awareness? Um, I think just learning, right. Like asking your trainers, asking your coaches, um, you know, just watching, you know, watching the game, seeing how other guys are playing, you know, um, not necessarily like comparing yourself, but like just being, you know, cognizant of what's going on around you you know just soaking it all in yeah i just think uh i agree with you i think that everything can be improved but it's just one of those things it's like if you don't have good feel for what you do well or what you don't do well then how do you even seek out opinions and then do you actually listen to those opinions and you know it's kind of of a rabbit hole there but it's just an interesting kind of open-ended question i always i always like to debate with people no yeah it's tough it's definitely tough i think you know, luckily I had, you know, my dad or, you know, a coach you trust or a trainer you trust. And I think it starts though with the question of like, what do you want to do? Right. 
like, I remember my dad asked me, he's like, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, well, I want to play on varsity next year as a sophomore. And he's like, okay. He's like, well, what do you got to do to get that? And I'm like, well, I need to get stronger. I need to be able to throw my arm strength needs to improve, you know, stuff like that. You know, so just having a, a game plan is, is huge. Awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate it. Uh, I always enjoy talking to you. I feel like I always learn something and I uh, appreciate you. Let me pick your brain when you come in here and uh, taking this time with me tonight to, to do this recording. Of course, man. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fun. We'll have to catch up soon. I'll be back in Orlando and um, yeah, we'll have to, you know, tell me what you got down yeah. there. Anything new down there? Some, some PLIs and we'll be good to go. <laughs> we'll figure something out. All right, man. Look forward to seeing you. Yes, have sir. A good Thanks for it. Brad, thank you so much for your time, man. I know uh, I know you're a busy dude, and I know you're doubting getting ready for this season. Uh, I think we're all excited to follow your progress and see where you end up and uh, really cheer you on this year. Next week, we will have an MLB All-Star, so uh, should be some good stuff there. And then the following week, have a guy that just finished up uh, his first rookie season in the big leagues. So uh, excited about those two guests, excited about uh, picking those guys' brain and just uh, figuring out their process and, and what works for them. And uh, hopefully some of that information can help some of the younger athletes out there. So make sure you check back in for that next week.